Welcome back to Living Words from John, the Gospel of John. I'm Mark Berkler, and we are in John chapter 8, and there's some very exciting things um, that we can learn from John chapter 8 as we see Jesus in action with the Pharisees, dealing with sin and dealing with sinners. So let's uh, share my screen, and let's get into John chapter 8, top left quarter. John chapter 8, verse 1, but... Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple, and all the people were coming to him. And he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, and having set her in the center of the court, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. Now the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. What then would you say? They were saying this, testing him so that they might have grounds for accusing him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger, he wrote in the ground. And when they persisted in asking him, he straightened up and he said to them, he who is without sin amongst you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. He again stooped down and wrote in the ground. When they heard this, they began to go out one by one, beginning with the older ones. And he was left alone with a woman where she was in the center of the court. Straightening up, Jesus said to her, woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go from now on and sin no more. <clears throat> This is such a, a beautiful story of confronting a person who's caught in sin. How do we deal with that person? Do we do we put them on leave for a while? I know. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know in the church, uh, if a pastor or an elder is caught in sin, particularly, a lot of times they're asked to step aside, step for a while, and th and that could be proper. That may be proper. I know Peter was caught in sin. He uh, swore and cursed and said he didn't know Jesus. I guess we'll come to that eventually in this book. And Jesus didn't set him aside for a while. He he just said, go feed the sheep. <laughs> you know, and some of us could be scratching our heads saying, go feed the sheep. Are you kidding? Let, let's let's sideline this guy until he gets his act together. So, so how did Jesus respond to her? He didn't preach her a sermon. He didn't tell her how bad she was and how guilty she was. I'm sure she already felt guilt and she already felt bad and she already felt shame. So there's no reason to rerun all those, I don't think. So he didn't do it. He just said, go. I mean, his first word was go. And I thought, go, release, freedom. But there was instruction too. Go and sin no more. Okay. So he wasn't saying, hey, look, your lifestyle's fine. He's saying, you, are, you made a mistake. Yes, you've been caught. Yes, you know you're wrong. Yes, you feel terrible. We all understand that. I just want you to know you're free to go on in your life, but man, sin no more. Because your life's going to be a whole lot better if uh, if you can walk in freedom from sin. You won't have the guilt. You won't have the condemnation. You won't have the miserable consequences of that. So that's called exhortation. And that's different than condemnation. Because exhortation begins with the present and takes you into the future. It says, okay, fine, go, it's in no more, it's into the future. Condemnation says, takes you to the past and, and re, 
and reviews all the, the misery of what you've done. You know, do you, do you know what you've done? You disgraced your name. You disgraced the name of God. You disgraced your family. Uh, you abused your own body. You play caught venereal disease. Yeah, on and on and on. So going into the past and um, telling and reiterating how terrible she is. So that's condemnation as opposed to exhortation. So Jesus didn't condemn. He exhorted this lady. All right. Okay, this is the only time that Jesus um, wrote anything down. The, the Bible records him writing anything down. So some people have suggested that he might be writing the names of the, the sins that the Pharisees had, pride, arrogance, maybe women that they were with, who knows, but um, they were obviously convicted. All right. So in the verse we ended with, she said, no one, Lord. Jesus said, I do not condemn you, but from now on, sin no more. Okay, beautiful. Jesus again spoke to them saying, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, you are testifying about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, even if I testify about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from, I know where I'm going, but you do not know where I came from or where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh. I am not judging anyone. But even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I'm not alone in it, but but I and the Father who sent me, we're doing it together. Even in your law, it's been written that the testimony of two men is true. I am he who testifies about myself, and my father who sent me testifies about me. And obviously, I would say he's referring to the, the mighty miracles that he did. Which that was a testimony of his father authenticating his, his ministry. So they were saying to him, where is your father? <laughs> Jesus answered, you neither know me nor my you nor my father. For if you knew me, you would know my father also. So he's telling the religious people, you're not really in touch with God at all. Okay. <clears throat> These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Then he said to them, I go away, and you will seek me. And will die in your sin, for where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews were asking, surely he would not kill himself, really? Since he says, where I am going, you cannot come. And he was saying to them, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore, I say to you that you will die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they were saying to him, who are you? Jesus said, what have I been saying to you from the beginning? I have many things to speak and to judge concerning you, but he who has sent me is true. And the things which I've heard from him, these things I speak to the world. They did not realize that he'd been speaking to them about the father. So Jesus said, when you lift up the son of man, which is when he was lifted up on a cross, then you will know that I am he, and I do nothing on my own initiative. 
I speak those things the Father has taught me. He who sent me is with me, and he's not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he spoke these things, many came to believe on him. Okay, let's do some journaling about these 30 verses. Here are some possible journaling questions. Lord, uh, I enter your gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I enter your courts with praise. When have I condemned rather than instructed or exhorted? Mark, when you throw one out or cast them aside because of their failures, then you have condemned. Save condemnation for the final judgment. Many will repent before that time and will not be condemned. They do not need your condemnation now. They need your instruction and the convicting of my spirit to bring them into the light. Okay. Second question, Lord, when have I judged by the flesh and when by the spirit? What were the results? Mark, you judge by the flesh when you are angry and want to kill and destroy the one you have judged. When you judge by the spirit, you have compassion, you reach out with understanding to the one who is walking in darkness. You minister grace and love and understanding to him. This is a difference. Always be aware of this difference so you can always judge by the spirit and never by the flesh. Jesus, your father never left you alone <clears throat> because you always do the things that are pleasing to him. Can I live that way also? Yes, Mark, you can. You can live tuned to the flow of my spirit. You can see me with you always and always do that which flow is directing you to do. That is the lifestyle I have created for my children. Come and behold its beauty. Jesus, your father never left you alone because you always do the things that are pleasing to him. Can I live that way also? Jesus was so anointed, filled with the power of the spirit. I think that's what my question was. Lord, can, can I be that anointed? Can I be filled with that kind of power? And his answer is yes. You can honor the nudging of the spirit, the flow of the spirit within all the time. You don't have to go off and do your own thing for a while and come back. You can always be in tune with the spirit. And if you are, there's always going to be a presence and a power there with you, uh, available to you. And you can walk in that presence. You can walk in that power. I do know that as I think back over my life, there have been times that I, I know the spirit was saying, hey, respond in this way. Don't, don't say this. Don't push any further. Don't go any further. And I know that if I went further and pushed further, I could feel the peace just leave. <laughs> and I could feel that I was off on my own. And I, and I would repent and say, wow. This is, this is not cool, all right? I just lost that sense of peace within. I didn't honor that flow within. So I think we've all probably experienced that, staying tuned to the flow and honoring the flow and, and maybe falling away from that flow, okay? Maybe we'll just um, <clears throat> share the screen one more time and just review what these three questions are that you could ask the Lord. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
So, Lord, when have I condemned rather than instructed or exhorted? Like the woman who was caught in adultery didn't condemn her. Okay. When have I condemned uh, and not exhorted? When have I judged by the flesh? And when have I judged by the spirit? And what were the results? That's question two. Question three. Jesus, you uh, were never left alone by the spirit because you always did what was pleasing to him. Can I do that also? And sure. I will talk about grieving the spirit, which means that we don't honor that flow of within us and that peace within us. And, and when we do grieve the spirit, we can feel that. We can feel inside, oh my, this is uncomfortable. I'm, I'm off doing my own thing now. Okay, so so many good lessons in those first 30 verses in chapter 8. So take some time, do some journaling, either those questions or different questions. Hear from God directly so you have living truth flowing within you from the wonderful counselor. And we will come back and do another session. This is Mark Berkler, signing off.